The unsurpassed, penetrating and perfect truth is seldom met with, even in the hundred thousand myriad kalpas. Now we can see and hear it. We can remember and accept it. I vow to make the Buddha's truth one with myself. Homage to the Buddha. Homage to the Dharma. Homage to the Sangha. Recently I read an article, and of course now I can't find it, but it's about how people perceive acts of kindness. It would seem that we underestimate the effect that our kind acts have on another person. We think it's a pretty small matter, we just do this little thing, but it can make quite an impression on another person. We think it might be not worth doing, but it is worth doing. And, at the same time, when we receive an act of kindness, it may, can make a big impression on us. It can make a big difference in our day. A random act of kindness, perhaps from a total stranger, and usually completely unexpected. There was this little story about a, a barista in a coffee shop, and she was having a really bad day. I think maybe her mother had died or something. And somebody comes into the coffee shop looking about as bad as she feels, looking really miserable, and orders her coffee. And this barista put a little kind note along with her coffee saying, hang in there, you know, you'll be okay. Just a little note of encouragement. And this made a complete difference to this other person's day. It made her day. She'd had this miserable day. Something horrible had happened to her probably. But it just really brightened her whole day. That Just that little act of kindness just took a minute. But this barista thought of it. She saw that this person could use a little kind word, and she responded. Well, we hear all sorts of stories like this, and we love to hear them. They resonate with us, because we love acts of kindness. We love to read about them, we love to hear about them. And, however, we often may hold back on doing a little kind act for somebody. Now, it's not like we're looking, going around all day looking for things, kind things we can do, but sometimes you might notice Oh, I could. Say, oh, maybe they would. You know, they'd rather not hear from me, or maybe they don't want to be helped. Sometimes you try and help somebody, and actually they say, "I can do it fine myself." Thank you. You know, so it happens. However, not often. Usually, people are really grateful for an act of kindness. You know, or we might be shy and self-conscious. You know, and just think, "Well, it'll be all right. They, they, it, you know, it won't make any difference. It won't. They won't even notice." But they do. People do notice, and it does make a difference. So I think just to step outside our little comfort zone, as they call it, and just respond. Do a little kind act, you know. But actually, the main reason that we don't take an opportunity to do something kind is that we just don't notice. We're all caught up in our own self-partiality, our self-involvement, self-concern, our own thoughts and Things about me, my life, my stuff. We're too busy, we're too occupied, we're thinking about something else. We don't even notice that somebody is struggling and perhaps could use a hand or a kind word or something. We're just blindly rushing through our life and not, not seeing, you know. Avalokiteshvara, the body of sattva of compassion, she has a thousand hands and a thousand eyes. She has the hands to help 
and the eyes to see where help is needed. If you didn't have the eyes, she couldn't see. She needs both, and we need both, to see, to step outside our little self-concern and just see, oh, I could help this person. Oh, oh, that, you know. And, and not to let fear or self-consciousness or whatever it might be bind us. There's so many ways we can not do something, not respond to that impulse of the heart to do something for somebody. When we're present, when we're paying attention, we can see where we can help somebody. Because that's part of it, just being present, not just being caught up in our own thoughts. We can see where somebody needs something. Or we can just simply be with them, whether they need help or not. Just being with other beings. We don't have to be always helping somebody. We can just be with them, present. You know. Well, this our world of the internet and social media and all that, one of the sad things about it is that we tend not to do that. We can be cut off from the beings we're actually with. People in a restaurant, often they're on a phone to somebody else, not with each other at all. What joys are in that? You know, might as well stay home. Probably have better food. But it's just the whole thing is, is uh, it kind of cuts people off because you're stuck in this little world. You know, here you are on a bus or an airport or something and you hear this racket of somebody having a loud conversation with somebody else, completely oblivious to everybody around them because they're so caught up in their own little world and this other person, they don't even see the people who are actually there. You know. And even apart from that, just being with the beings we're with I notice that some t- I have two cats. I love them dearly. Sometimes I might be petting one of them. And actually I'm thinking about something else. And then I come to. Or the cat senses that I'm not paying in that, you know, proper attention. And jump off my lap and go away. And I think, oh, I missed that little opportunity to be with this little being. You know, He's not going to live forever. One day it'll die. And I'll miss that little being. And here I am missing the opportunity to simply be with it them, him, her. I don't want to waste my time, you know, being distracted. I want to be with the beings I'm with. With, so with cats, what's, how much more with people, the beings I live with, that we all live with, the people we're with, to actually be with them. And how often do we do this thing of being distracted? Maybe we come home from work to our family or animals or whatever, they want our love and attention, need our love and attention, and we're distracted. We're on the phone to somebody else, we're thinking about something else, we're worried about something else. People know when we're not really paying attention to them, animals do too. We know what it's like when we're talking to somebody, and we suddenly realize they're not listening at all, they're thinking about something else. It's not a nice feeling, feeling that you're talking to yourself. Self-involvement, that's what it is. It cuts us off from other beings. Our involvement with ourselves, self-concern, self-partiality, thinking about our own concerns and worries and plans, more important than anything else. Here I am, we're worried about this thing, completely oblivious to everything else. When we're worried about something, we tend to be quite distracted and not paying attention. This happens to all of us. We all have worries and something that comes up. Or something I really want to do, you know, I'm thinking about that, but I'm not paying attention to what I'm doing or the people I'm with. To just kind of come to, see who we're with, what we're doing, and 
pay attention, to be with whoever it is we're with. If we're upset about something, our perceptions can be all distorted and we start getting angry with the people we're with who may have nothing to do with the matter. You know, we're just crabby and upset. In our own little world of me upset. But it doesn't have to be this way. We can do it differently. Someone who's worried or sad, and we can be kinder to somebody else. Like that barista who was having a hard day. She saw this other person having a hard day, and she reached out and was kind. We can do that. And sometimes when we're sad or worried, actually we're more sensitive to other people. If we're grieving, we can be really sensitive so somebody else's grief, because we know what it's like. You know, we don't have to be just caught up in my own little suffering. We can think, oh, there's other people suffering. If we're in a lot of pain, we know what it's like and we can maybe help somebody else who's in a lot of pain. I know what it's like. I can at least be with you. Even if I can't help the pain, I can spend time with you and I can be sympathetic and maybe help where I can, you know, rather than just here I am. Nobody knows what it's like to be me, you know. That shell of self-concern, we can reach through it and help other beings. Sometimes the kindness of another person, too, can make a big difference to us, especially if we're worried <clears throat> or sad. Rather than be all cut off in our own little world, we might be more receptive to kindness, you know, to notice it. Like that lady who, was, who received that kind little note. It completely changed her day. She'd been miserable, and that just brightened up her whole day, just that little kind act from a complete stranger who was sympathetic because she knew what it was like to be miserable. And we can do that. We can sympathize with other beings, not just think about my suffering, but, ah, oh, I know what it's like. And the unkindness or anger of another person, if we're upset or sad, can actually have a bigger impact on us if we're, you know, unhappy. If we're happy, it kind of can wash right off us. You know, if you're having a, we're doing everything's fine or something nice has happened, we're joyful. If somebody is crabby, well, it might put a little cloud over our day, but it doesn't make us feel wretched in the way that it can happen if we're already somewhat sad or upset about something. Then, um, then it, it, it hurts more. And we all know what it's like when we are unhappy and then somebody is crabby with us, you know. And sometimes we seem to kind of attract that if we're unhappy. We look crabby and somebody may be crabby with us. But somebody who's looking more closely might see, ah, maybe this person's just having a bad day. Is they're crabby with me? Maybe it's not about me. It's something that's happened. Maybe I can just respond with kindness. And it makes such a difference when we do that. Respond with kindness. If somebody is crabby, unhappy, not gracious, you know, to be kind, because we all actually want to be kind. Well, it seems that the more of us who live on this planet, the more we can feel cut off from other people. We isolate ourselves from other people, probably in self-defense, because there's just too much, too many people, too much stuff. I can't connect with all these people. It's more than I can do, more than any of us can do. And the more crowded together we are, the more isolated we might feel. 
As we know, people living in cities tend to be more isolated than people living out in rural areas. In the city, you don't chat people up on the street. They think you're weird. They might think you want something. But people in a town, it's quite normal in our little town, Manchester, you know, to say hello to somebody. You may not know them, but it's, it's, it's not abnormal. But in a big city, I don't know. You don't know what's going to happen if you start talking to somebody, you know. They might think, you're, yeah, you want something from them or you're out to, you know, get something. You don't trust you. Because of that, everybody being crowded together, just people defending themselves. And the more people are crowded together, the more people can feel alone. People in cities are often very isolated. People in any place can be isolated. But I think there's something about being squashed together in a city. You people, you know. Living in London, as I did, and I travel on the underground, and you'd be completely squozen in, as people often are on the subway underground. And it, I'd be squeezed up against some complete stranger, and I'd think, isn't this strange? This person is closer to me than anybody else on this planet, and I know nothing about them. I will never see them again. How odd, you know. I have no idea who they are, and they're as completely remote as though I were on Mars. You know, really strange. And yet, if something happens... There you are on the underground, the lights go out, the plane, the train stops, or something happens, or there's somebody with a gun, or somebody has a heart attack. These things that happen, instantly, people come together and help. They put down that little wall, and they just come together and help. Because it's instinctive with us, we're social beings, we're not just little isolated bubbles. And it's so heartening to hear about things when this happens. A car is on fire, complete strangers rush to bring the people out, or people, you know, rescuing people from a raging river or something like that. It happens over and over again. Firefighters, you know, even though they're paid to do it, they do incredible things to help other beings. We're not little isolated cells in an uncaring world, a cold, heartless universe. It's not like that. Because we all have compassion and kindness. We are social beings. We actually do care about each other. Just need something bigger than our little self-concern to break through that and think, oh, right, this person needs help, you know, instantly. The power of kindness. When we hear stories about of people being kind, especially to complete strangers, it does move us. We want to be like that as well. We want to be kind. We want to do the nice, kind thing. We hear of somebody doing it, I think, oh, I wish I'd, I wish I'd been in, if I'd been in that position... Would I have done that or would I have been held back by fear and self-consciousness and toying myself out of it? Oh, they don't really want help, you know. And then later thinking, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I help out when I could? You know? Or whatever it might be, just or not seeing, you know, just oblivious. We all have the wish to be kind to others. Unless they've been so horribly treated that that kindness has been kind of squashed down out of sight and we don't seem to be able to get in touch with it. But I think it can still come up. I think people still have that kindness within them somewhere, no matter who they are, no matter what they may have done, no matter what has happened to them. I think everybody has that kindness within them and we all have the, op- have the ability to recognize it and respond to it, actually. Because it's part of our nature, our human nature, Buddha nature, 
the kindness of that which is a lot bigger and softer and kinder than we can imagine. And when we do something kind, we're part of that. And we feel close to that kindness, the kindness of the universe, because we're part of it. When we're unkind, we kind of shut ourselves off from it and we feel, actually it feels horrible. When you do something unkind, you kind of feel like you're cut out, you know, cut out from that kindness of the universe, even if you don't think of it that way. We judge ourselves. We feel ourselves cast out from that, or put ourselves outside that kindness. We, we, we all know what it's like when you said something unkind to somebody and we just feel a little bad. It's good that you do feel bad. We don't think, well, they deserve me to be unkind. I'll just bash on. Most of us feel pretty bad if we're unkind. At some point, even if we're angry, when we calm down, we think, I wish I hadn't said that. You know, I'm sorry. We can't wait for the world to be kind to us. We have to be kind to the world. It's not, it's not going to wait for us. If we have an opportunity, it arises quite naturally. Oh, I could do, I could do something with that person. Oh, let me help you with this. Or whatever it might be. To take that opportunity. Because it may, come, it may not come again. It won't come again, not like that. And if we go away and think... I wish I'd said something kind to that poor lady or whatever it was, you know. Or I wish I'd just helped out that person. But if we do respond, even if we don't respond, the fact that we wish we had, that itself is our kind heart. A bit late, but it's there. Wishing that we had done the thing. Because we want to respond. We want to practice kindness. We want to be able to receive kindness. And if we give kindness, we can receive it. If we don't give it, it's hard to accept kindness from another being, kindness from the universe, because we feel that we've cut ourselves off from it. We've never cut ourselves off from that kindness of the universe. We're part of it, how could we? But we can feel as though we're unworthy or outside of that humanity, that warmth of humanity that actually is there in all of us. And then we, when something happens, as I said, then it's right there, right there. People don't even think. They immediately respond to help another being. You know? Because we all have that. No expectation. Just being kind for its own sake. If we're expecting something in return, we might not get it. People might not be grateful. They might not want our help. You know? and we might be disappointed. If we don't have any expectation... We just practice kindness. It can bring us joy. You can't manufacture joy. You can't expect joy. It can just come up naturally because we do something kind. Another person may be grateful or not, but just to do what feels kind and good to help beings, you know. Because it's our nature. Because it's what we do. Because it's our instinct, part of what we are, that kindness and compassion. Reverend Master Jiyu, whom we celebrated her anniversary today, not her anniversary, just her monthly memorial, 
or go out and circumambulate the stupa. It's lovely to do. Look at that face up there, you know. How could you see a more glowing example of kindness? She was so kind. She could be really tough, but it was always from a kind heart. She was never mean. She always tried to act with kindness, even when she was seemingly harsh or crabby or don't do that, you know. She was always intending to help us. And I'm so grateful that she wasn't just nice to me because if she had been, I wouldn't have learned half so much as I did. It was when she was tough, that's when I learned something. And so I'm endlessly grateful to Reverend Master Jiu, both for her kindness and for bequeathing us that kind heart and for the kindness that came out as a bit tough sometimes. As they say, Kanzi on Avalokiteshvara doesn't always wear a nice dress and look pretty. Sometimes she's there with a two-by-four. But it's all part of that, you know, kindness of the universe. Sometimes we have a really difficult time. Sometimes we have illness. I think I've talked about this before. And these things can help us, actually. That is part of the kindness of the universe. The difficulties that we encounter is part of what helps us to grow and learn and practice kindness ourselves. But we need to see it that way and not become embittered and unhappy because life doesn't give me a fair shake. To say, ah, what can I learn from this? How can I derive benefit from this? And how can I use this difficulty to help me to practice compassion and kindness to other beings? Somebody in the same situation or in a different situation, but people... Everybody can use kindness. Life is not easy for anyone. Everyone can benefit from kindness, no matter who they are, no matter what they may look like, or how, what, whatever we may think of ourselves. We can always practice kindness, at the very least, to have a kind heart for somebody. You may not be able to do anything. You see somebody over, over, over there somewhere and looking really sad, but you can't do anything, but you can offer a little merit and think a kind thought for them. Somebody we may ever even see, just offering merit for beings that could use a little kindness. And that offering of merit is kindness in itself. So that's our talk for today. Thank you.